Connor's been very clear about what he wants to do next year. He believes when he is active, that's when the distractions don't affect him. That's when he's able to focus on being the best that he can be. And so he has laid out a plan which sees him fight three times next year. What's up, my fans? I am the mysterious creator of the Tommy Toll Show, and you are listening to the Machine Talk Podcast. With me, as always, Sister Knight, Naya Rodriguez. I love you for giving me that name. That should be my name going forward. <laughs> How many people do you think are going to be Sister Knight for Halloween? <laughs> oh, for sure. Well, the costume's not even that hard, so definitely. Yeah. Love, love, love her character. <laughs> That's a Watchmen TV show reference, by the way. Yeah, we'll get into those it in the recommendations. The oh, definitely, definitely. Uh, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good myself. Just, uh, you know, another another week in the in the world of MMA and the world of Tommy Toehold. Awesome. Should we talk about what's going on in the sport? Yeah, I think uh, I think that's... Is that this podcast or is that a different podcast? Right, which one is this one? <laughs> <laughs> we sometimes uh, diverge yeah. from the path, but, you know, usually we talk a little MMA. Uh, so... Uh, Connor and Cowboy are fighting. That's the big. That's the big story. Obviously, everybody's already heard this. Probably at this well, point. Well, damn! Like you said it so unenthusiastically. <laughs> I mean, what do you think? Is it? Uh, I don't even know how to feel about this one. I mean, what weight are they gonna fight at? At welterweight. Interesting. Yeah, that's what I thought. Right? Like, what a weird choice. Why? And you know that Connor's running the show. Connor made all these decisions. There, there, there's no, you know, the UFC cowboy. They did not come up with that. That's that's a that's a a Connor decision. That's and I, interesting. I, I can't figure out why. Well, I think it's nice to have. I hate to call Donald Cerrone a, a warm up fight because clearly the guy's a total badass, you know. But um, no, that's that seems. I, I don't get it. What What do you think? Uh, I don't know, like, uh, part of me thinks that he's gunning for, like, a Jorge fight, or he doesn't think he can make the weight for some reason, because of his inactivity. I don't really know. Yeah, I'm trying but, to think, like, what's the angle, like, what's the benefit? Maybe... Yeah, I don't really know either, like, I mean, it's weird, because he could pretty much get any fight he wants. Like, yeah. he doesn't need to, oh, I gotta go to 170 to get a fight at 170. Mm-hmm. He could have fought at 155 and then said, hey, I'm fighting at 170 next, and the UFC would have been like, yeah, sure, 100%. Right, right. So, yeah, I, I don't really know. I mean, I feel like that kind of puts him at a disadvantage, because he's not... I mean, obviously, he is. he walks around as, at a big weight. He's a big guy. Mm-hmm. But, like... In terms of cutting down to fight at welterweight, I don't know if he's that big. Hmm. It's tough to say. I, I honestly don't know what what he's thinking. What, other what's than the like, angle? he must That's have what some I'm kind of plan. Out. Yeah, like what's the angle? Yeah, yeah. What is yeah? What's the reasoning for this? Uh, because it doesn't really make a whole bunch of sense. Yeah, I mean, is I don't gonna... see him fighting like Usman, you know, or no. like. Oh hell no! And That's then the obviously, like... like lightweight is a little tied up right now with the guys at the top. Right. It it's. Oh, gosh, I'm trying to maybe like no. I mean, if he wanted to fight somebody like Kobe, for example, like he would just go after that, you know, um, to get back in people's good graces, right? Like the PR machine. Like maybe if I beat the shit out of Kobe Covington, <laughs> people will yeah. like me, you know? Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm trying to. I, I doubt you think he's going to stay at welterweight. That's the thing. I don't know. I don't know what this is. Definitely the the one part of this where I mean, we'll talk about the the matchup itself here in a second. But like that was the one thing when it was announced, that I was like, wait a minute, what is this about? Why would this be at one seventy? It doesn't really make a lot of sense. 
But yeah, there's got to be a reason. There's got to be an angle. Connor doesn't just do random stuff like that. There has to be a reason for it. So the first time he fought Nate, it was because they didn't think Nate could make 155 in that time. Mm -hmm. So they did it. And then obviously the rematch, he was like, I want the exact same stipulations. So that's why we're doing it at welterweight. This time, I'm just baffled. I mean, like you said, I don't think he's he's wanted he wants any of that Usman fight. I just don't like he he knows he's not a welterweight. So to sit there and like say, oh yeah, Connor's gonna go fight the winner of Colby and Usman, these giant wrestlers, that just doesn't seem, I mean, maybe that is what he thinks, but honestly, I think maybe it's either Jorge or he just needed a fight where he didn't have to cut a lot of weight. That's interesting. I mean, yeah, that's my thoughts on it. How do you think they'll fare in that fight together? I mean, obviously, I feel like Cerrone is, I think he's more well-rounded. You know, but uh, oh, yeah. Connor Connor's got that reach, and he's he's got that punch. You know, like he yeah, hits like no, a ton for of sure. bricks. I mean, I think it could go either way. Honestly, like when people first said this matchup's like not a um, you know a good matchup, I thought eh, I don't know about that. Let's not let's not go that far. Because, In what aspect do they feel you know, like we it's don't not know. a good matchup? Well, people were like, oh, Connor's picking like an easy fight to come back and like you know uh donald's all washed up i'm thinking like oh how God. many times have people said this about cerrone you know it's like yeah okay he lost a couple fights he lost to the fucking best guys in the division right he lost to justin gaethje and and tony ferguson, ferguson yeah that's gonna happen you know and he could beat anybody's ass i don't care i don't care what anybody says there's not a guy that is in a weight class with him that he couldn't beat on on a given day right so to say that this is going to be some kind of cakewalk it's not, but especially given given Cerrone's history, like when he loses, you know, if he gets one or two in a row, like he comes back like a fucking bat out of hell. Yeah, you know. Yeah, exactly. Like he's going to be looking for some serious, especially against and he Connor knows this is and huge. the big money. Yeah, like he's going to be, he's going to go crazy. Yeah, he is. He totally is. So I don't really see this being like one of those fights where I'm like, oh yeah, this is Connor's got this one in the bag, piece of cake. What a what a cakewalk this is. No, this is not. This will be a tough fight. I mean, if, if Donald Cerrone wins, I'm not going to be surprised at all. Right. We don't even know who Conor McGregor is anymore. Yeah. Honestly. Holy shit. Like, that was a statement right there. <laughs> I mean, I hate to say it, but it's true. No, you're absolutely I, we, right. You know, we don't know what fighter we're going to get. Yeah. And if we get the same Conor that fought Habib, I don't know. It's a no. Yeah. Yeah, it's a no for me, dog. I think it's going to be a no for me. I don't see that being that going very well. Now, he claims he's going to get back on track. There's not going to be any distractions. He's going to do what he's got to do to to get in there and be the Conor he was of old. And maybe that's true. Mm -hmm. Maybe that will happen. Yeah, you got to give him the guy credit. I mean, he's always, he's always like hella when he's hungry. It's like next level, his training and commitment, you know? Yeah, exactly. No, for sure. So it's one of those things where I think on the one hand, yes, uh, I, I feel like Connor, when he's on fire, when he's when he's got that Connor thing that made him so famous. Yeah, he could probably beat anybody. But when he's not and he's distracted or whatever the hell has happened in the last three years. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know who that Connor is and I don't know what kind of fight he's going to win. So it's a tough one. Um I have a theory, and it's kind of unfair to say, but the fact that he took the Cerrone fight tells me that there's some sort of difference in Conor McGregor than the Conor we knew that beat Jose Aldo. And I'm not saying that he won't win and won't come back and won't rise to the occasion. I'm not saying that. He's obviously a champion. He is a tremendous fighter. 
But do you think 2015 Conor McGregor, given the options, would have chosen Donald Cerrone at this point? No, he would have. Not a chance. No, he would have said, and I quote, beg me. Yeah. Well, there's the, there's the first thing. Yeah, he would have <laughs> very much so. Yeah, he, he wouldn't have been on social media you know, talking about every fight. Mm-hmm. And I think he would have picked Justin Gaethje. Now, Ariel Hawani has been just going nuts this week. It's so hilarious hearing him because whenever he talks about this, he gets all like upset. It sounds like like he's like, why would you choose that? Why would you do that fight? Doesn't make any sense. And you're right. It doesn't make any sense. Justin Gaethje is a fucking animal <laughs> and nobody should want to fight him right now at right. all. I, I wouldn't. It does make sense to fight Cowboy. He does need to get back on track. But what I'm saying is the very fact that he even believes that. You're talking about a guy who was like, I'm going to be the champion of every fucking division. Mm-hmm. I am the best fighter ever. There's not a man alive at any weight in any form that can beat me. You think That's his confidence is off? It, it has to be. Yeah. Because that Conor McGregor would have chose Justin Gaethje. Yeah. So I'm just, I mean, that again, Connor would have I'm not saying that's going to affect the outcome. Chosen Habib. But that's how you I know, see it. Right. To make that, he's got to make that up. I mean, you saw what the Diaz fight did to him. You know, he had to like go in and try to make that right. Rewind the clock on that one. Um, yeah, it's really, really interesting. I mean, look, the Cerrone fight is not going to be some cakewalk for him, especially if he gets taken down. Yeah. Oh, no, that's the real problem, right? Like, if he gets to the ground, Cerrone is a jiu-jitsu ace. Yeah, this guy is not somebody gonna, that's... Uh, he's going to fold him up like a blanket. Yeah, so th- this fight is dangerous. So I'm not saying, like, Connor took, like, you know, Spider Rico from Rocky One or something. Yeah. I'm not saying that, but what I'm saying is the given, Conor McGregor weekend... Yeah. Uh, no, yeah, I get what you're like, saying. Like, given his position before yeah. and how confident he was, like, if he's not challenging... Literal, the literal Superman at this point. It's like shows a chip in the armor, you know? Yeah. Like we got sold a certain person. Yeah. He, he built this character up for years and years and years. And it's fine if you're not there right now. It's fine if he doesn't feel confident. Mm-hmm. Like he's a human being. You know, they're not. It's not like what he sold us is, is necessarily reality. But like we said, whether what, whatever's going on, to me, that says that there is some sort of insecurity there or whatever. Now, does that mean that's going to negatively affect his fighting? I don't think so. Uh, GSP talked about how he was scared to death before every fight. Mm-hmm. Terrified. And it worked out really well for him. Right. So and I'm not saying he's scared of Donald Cerrone or scared of Justin Gage. I'm not saying any of that. No, that's silly. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, yeah, yeah, of course. Like, there's clearly something psychologically there that has changed, and I don't know if that'll end up being for the good or for the bad. I don't know. I kind of wonder if, you know, to play devil's advocate a little bit, if it's not so much that he's not as confident, it's just that he couldn't get any other fight. I mean, a couple reasons that I say that. Like, you have... you. You can see the difference clearly in how he operates on social media now. Like I said, beg me from that to like, I'll take any fight, (laughs) you know? Um, it's like there's a certain thirst and I get it. Like he wants to come back. He wants to get his name back out there. Um, so I think, I think it's more like other fighters maybe realize that like once he comes back, it's a Connor show. So like a lot of people might be trying to cock block him, you know? And like things, things not working out. And I think Dana, this is just my opinion. Like, I think that for a little while there, he needed to let Connor cool his jets. You know, he needed to be like, let me show you who's actually in charge of this company and make him a little bit more humble, make him wait, 
you know? Um, but I also think that, and I wonder if like Donald Cerrone has even thought about this, like this guy has two alleged accusations of rape against him. Right. Like who wants to fight that guy? Yeah, it's a weird situation, can you, right? Who and can I, cheer for, for that guy and who wants to fight that guy? I mean, okay, like if he's cleared of everything, like great, like nobody wants him to have done this horrible stuff, you know? But it's like I'd rather side on the side of caution and not cheer for the guy that could have like potentially raped somebody or two people. And to fight yeah. that person, I'm sure I wonder if like – cowboy had any reservations about taking it like on the one hand like if you think that that's a possibility that he could have done that then i'm sure there would be some satisfaction in like beating the shit out of that guy but on the other side like i don't know it's like uh a, it's tainting the pool like having that guy in like civilized society in any capacity you know like i don't know it's so weird well, we and i wonder if they're going to address that podcast. at all or if even if donald's gonna uh, address it or if they've told them to not talk about it my guess is nobody will address it i would be shocked if somebody addressed it now maybe in the heat of a moment if connor starts jawing at cowboy oh god could you that's imagine the thing. That? yeah it's like <clears throat> donald now <throat> has that just like in his back pocket like How okay you gonna start even, talking like, shit come back from that if he were to bring right. that up yeah yeah exactly so it's one of those things where it's like yeah i can't imagine that he would just bring it up um, but I also can't imagine that, you know, if, if he doesn't, if he gets in the, a position to where he feels attacked, that he might bring it up. Yeah. Uh, you can't control Donald Cerrone. You know yeah. what I mean? That guy's going to do whatever the fuck he wants. That's the thing. These are two guys that are very independent. So the UFC might have a little bit more, uh, bit off than they can chew when it comes to, to selling this thing and, and this situation. Now, in terms of like the press conferences, MMA media, they're not going to ask about it. You think so? I would be shocked. I'd be shocked if somebody actually, whoever does it, they're not. They're not going to be doing press conferences anymore. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah, they like, like it's like it. go ahead, you're go too ahead, negative. Do it. You're too yeah. negative. <laughs> <laughs> like I just can't. I can't imagine unless it's like an outlet that's and, and that's the thing. A Connor fight brings a lot of outlets in that aren't just MMA media. And they're not just going to sit around and, you know, not talk about these things that are obviously in the public domain. So yeah. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen with that. But I we, we talked about this before way back, you know, when, when, when these situations first kind of emerged. And we said if we were running the UFC, the, the move is just you don't you don't book them until you know what's going on. That's what I would have thought you know? would have happened. Yeah. Right. That's what we that's what we thought. But here we are. Unless the UFC and, yeah, knows you know, things that we, we don't know. We don't know what's going to happen with this. Yeah. Unless the right. UFC we knows things. We don't know what's going on with know. it. And it's one of those things where, you know, I don't know when these, obviously, like you said, he might be innocent. We don't really know. It's all alleged at the moment. Yeah. But if something were to happen from now to then regarding those investigations, the UFC is going to have a whole bunch of pie on their face. Like, that's going to be a that's going to be a difficult situation for them yeah to justify if suddenly something happens but like they already do unless like i said they know something we don't and if that was the case why right. wouldn't they say that you know yeah exactly no i agree that's a good to point. clear any like potential controversy i mean otherwise like regardless like because even if something were to come out for example and again we don't know 
we don't know what's going on, right? Um, if it's true, if it's not true, we don't have any idea. If, if something were to happen, like where, where something did come out, it'd be like, well, didn't you kind of already know this shit, Dana? You know, they didn't the UFC already know? Yeah. So, and then like, if it doesn't, then either way, it's like, well, you still book the fight, not not having the information. So it's kind of a lose lose for them. Yeah, exactly. It is. They're they're playing with fire right now. Yeah, unless, you know? like I said, they know something that we don't know, and they're planning on announcing that or something. Right, you know? which very well could be. That's that's also true. You know, we don't really know, like you said, until we know. Yeah. So yeah, if if, um, if Donald brings that up, like I don't see how there's there's just no way to come back from it. Like Connor's gonna have to rehearse his lines, like he did with the Mayweather thing. I, at that point, I think that. It, he's just gonna have to like he's just gonna have to try to fight him at that point and fold in on himself or fold in on himself. Like those are the only two options. <laughs> uh, like, so I mean, like there's no word response that's gonna work. You're just gonna have to throw a chair or something. Like it's just <laughs> a that's monster it, can, you know, at yeah. that point. Um, yeah, like it, <laughs> the only other time I've ever seen him like just at a complete loss for a retort and like. Like, uh, I hate to even say the word owned, but that's like the common, you know, verbiage now is I think it was Eddie. I think it was Eddie Alvarez that was like, you, was that his fight? I think it was when he fought Eddie where he was like, you were on like food stamps and you were taking like resources away from single mothers. Do oh, that's right. That? And then he was talking about how his coat. Yeah. And his coat still had the tag on it. And Connor just like shut down. Like he did not know what to say. Like you could see like this weird shame on his face, which a is kind of weird a rare because dig it's like by Eddie Alvarez. Yeah. It's kind of a weird dig, right? Cause it's like on the one hand, it's like poverty isn't a crime, Eddie, you know, um, everybody needs a leg up sometimes but on the other hand like you could see it like destroyed his manhood a little bit connor i think that's the only time i've ever seen him bothered by something that was said in a press conference that's a great point you're right i think that's the only time i've seen it too but like this will be like on on that line i just can't even imagine him being able to come back no i have to imagine he's very sensitive (laughs) about it yeah Yeah. literally he he can't talk shit to nobody how does maybe look maybe he'll come into this fight like he already uh he tweeted to to cerrone after the fight was announced officially and was like, Hey man, hope you have a great camp. Enjoy your Thanksgiving. Like it mm. literally was no kind of like any kind of trash. Maybe he is not going to talk already, any trash going into this fight. Yeah. The one thing that <laughs> like makes him the most popular, you know, he can't do it. He's got the PR, I wonder, he's got the PR machine working full time. <laughs> I wonder what's going to happen in terms of, so like here, here's what, a lot of what I've noticed about the reaction to this fight. Here's what I'm seeing. I'm seeing, some fans were just not having any of this. There was a lot of reaction, way more than like peak 2015 Connor. Because obviously Connor had his, he's always had detractors. You know, there's always been fans that are like, man, fuck this bullshit. But they were far less, they were drowned out by his supporters mm-hmm. for the longest time. Right. And I've noticed when you look at any official post, about this fight, you're going to run into a lot more comments now that are like, who gives a fuck or fuck this fight right? or stuff like that or fuck Connor. There's a lot more of that today. Mm-hmm. And granted, given what's happened in the last three years, I mean, he's definitely lost quite a bit, I think, of his fan base. So I'm curious when he comes back, will that change? Will this be like, you know, will fans suddenly come back that were maybe disenfranchised by his behavior over the last few years and his lack of fighting or 
Is it just his hardcores now, and, th- and th- it won't be a turnaround? I mean, I think, given how popular he was, that a lot of fans would turn over if he seemed like the same old Connor as before, but I don't know. It's been a pretty big turn. I've not really seen a turn like this in a while. Now, obviously, he's a huge star, so you're going to notice a lot more about what people are saying about him, but it's definitely a considerable amount more of people that are just not having it. In what sense? Like, what, what, what are they when saying? He was in his prime. What are they saying? They don't care about it. the fight. They don't care about him. They don't care about what he's doing. They don't even care if he fights. Mm. They just seem like indifferent to everything about him. Yeah, like they're just tired of it. It's tough, right? I don't. I, so I don't know how this is going to do. Do you think? Like, what if this pay per view doesn't even sell that well? Not that we'll know. I think um, it will do similar numbers, honestly, to other Connor fights. Unless, like I said, something yeah. like really crazy happens um, with those allegations that are against him. Uh, I can't because you have to remember that, like, the people that. I don't want to say like all Connor fans are casual fans, you know, because that's not true. Like there are a lot of people that are hardcore fans that, of course, dig of the course. dude, you know. But um, the people who like they only know Connor McGregor, they're not going to know about the allegations because nobody's talking about it. So they're right. going to support him. And that's very true. That's a very good point. They don't care who he's fighting. They probably don't even know who his opponent is, regardless of the fact that they might have like a long career in the UFC. Or it just in MMA in general. Yeah. Like they only know Connor, you know? So they'll probably That's just That's true. I might just it. be seeing, like, super hardcore fans. Yeah. yeah. I think I think more of the people that are in the know, because, like, even those allocations, you just didn't see that much about it, you know? And the people that were talking yeah. about it were more... I hate to say mainstream because there's really only like one outfit that's like mainstream MMA, you know, maybe two, eh, three. But um, most of the people that were talking about it were Joe Blow, like getting information and being like, this has to be like paid attention to, you know what I mean? So yeah, I don't know if if those people would know. And I don't think that they care who he fights. They just want him to fight. So they'd buy the pay-per-view anyways. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. I hadn't really thought about that. I guess I'm probably seeing more... And the people that are like tired of him... super hardcore fans. The people yeah. that are tired of him are going to pay for the event because they want to see if he's going to lose. They're going to hate watch, you know? That's a good point. No, it'll do well. Uh, there's no way it's not going to sell, like, you know, over a million. Um, but does it do 2.4 like Habib? I don't know about that. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Because those same casuals saw him get beat by Habib. Yeah. That's one thing they did see, you know, uh, in record numbers. So, I don't know. I, I If I had to venture, I'd say, like, 1.7 million mm-hmm. will be... Again, though, not that we're going to know, since they don't release this shit anymore. Well, but even that would be my guess. Given the numbers that we had access to before they got taken away, like, that's good for the UFC right now, you know? Oh, hell yeah, no. Connor is still, without a doubt, even if he's lost some popularity in the last few years, he's head and shoulders more popular than anyone in that organization. It's not right. even close. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, who, who's your next biggest draw behind John Conor Jones. McGregor? Habib? John Jones. John Jones? Habib. Yeah. Uh, who's next? Jorge Masvidal, Nate Diaz. Yeah. I mean, again, like these are definitely like stars, legitimate stars, but they're not, they're not Connor level. That's yeah. not even close, you know? So. Yeah, it's one of those things where you're right. I'm probably looking at it from more of too hardcore of a fan base because 
the websites I frequent and the places I'm at, these are fans that are like super, super into the sport. So they're obviously going to have different opinions than, like you said, there might be casual fans don't even know anything about any of this stuff. Right. You know, they're not going to know what Connor's even been doing in the last few years. They may not even watch UFC unless they see Connor's face. Mm-hmm. So that's a good point. I, I hadn't really thought about that. And he has become that sort of level where even if you don't watch MMA, oh yeah, that's Conor McGregor, that that fighter. You know right. who it is. Yeah. So yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. It, it'll sell. It'll sell really well. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see um, the reaction that he gets, even in the audience. Like, are they going to boo him? Are they going to cheer him? Mm. I'd imagine they're going to cheer. But what if they don't? Maybe they boo him. I don't know. The fights in Vegas that can be a pretty smart crowd, a pretty hardcore crowd. You know. But also, you know, a lot of fans travel for Conor. Right. So he's if you have a lot, have of, a lot Irish of Irishmen, there, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah, he'll he'll have a, a fan base. So yeah, it's interesting to see. I, I will be very curious to see how this all plays out, given where we're at at the moment with everything. And I wonder now what happens. So we've already talked about like the scenario after. If Connor beats Donald, he's going to be able to pretty much get and do whatever he wants. They're not gonna they're not gonna put any kind of limit on him. If he wants to fight for a belt. If he wants to fight for, he wants to fight John Jones, they're going to make that happen. Yeah. Like, they're just not going to tell him no. What happens if Conor McGregor loses? Well, I don't think he's got much to lose at this point. He's been gone for so long. Yeah. And he, like you said, there's this shift in the way that people perceive him, you know? So, I don't know. I think he just gets angrier in his off time. I don't think that it has, like, his place in MMA isn't, you know, I don't think people will care either way. Yeah. As far as his, like, place in mixed martial arts. True. He could probably just do, like, these marquee fights forever if he wanted to. Yeah, that's exactly right. Like, he could just go full jobber and, like, you know, take on just random fights all the time. Or he could go yeah. do Zufa boxing stuff. Who knows? Yeah, that's true. He could go box. He could do whatever. Obviously, he said he wants to fight Habib again. Who knows if that fight ever happens? But, yeah, you know, it's it's interesting. I think, yeah, he sort of reached that stat. I mean, he was already this status a long time ago. But, like, he can pretty much just do whatever he wants at this point, And whatever he does, people are going to go watch. It doesn't have to be for a title. It doesn't have to be a contender. And he's sort of done the same thing to Nate Diaz. Nate Diaz can just fight now. And people are going to go, oh, my God, Nate Diaz is fighting. And to some extent, Jorge Masvidal now has reached that point where it's like, I just they just want to see Jorge Masvidal fight. They don't really care. Whatever. It doesn't have to be for a belt. It's funny because... For a while, Connor had sort of destroyed MMA by being the double champ, and like everybody wanted to become a double champ, and sort of like every division was just clogged up with champions that are like, I'm gonna go to a different division now. Mm-hmm. And it was like, good God, like what what is happening? Can we just go in our fucking divisions and defend our belts? Now everyone wants to just do like money fights. So now the game has changed again, where it's like, there's guys don't even fucking care about the belt. Jorge Masvidal has said. If I can fight Connor or I can fight for the welterweight title, I'm fighting Connor McGregor. 100%. Not to even mention all the fighters that are like, I want to go box some famous boxer and get fucking $50 million and then you'll never see my ass again. Yeah. So he is definitely broken fighting because everybody just keeps doing the stuff he does. Mm-hmm. I remember saying something right along those lines. <laughs> yep. That's true. We've uh, we've definitely had this discussion before. Yeah. But it's just, it's really interesting to see now well, where this goes. I wonder, like, from his own perspective, though, because he obviously, he's still, I think you and I have had sort of picked up on, in, like, his post-fight press conferences, he very much still cares about the idea of being a martial artist. Obviously, he loves this whole, you know, I make the big money, I do the big fights, right. I'm the king, I'm king shit, but he also, like, 
there's some part of him still that is very much like he wants to be a martial artist. He cares about fighting specifically, like the art of it. And I wonder how he would react to getting beat. Like, if he loses to Donald Cerrone, is he going to think, I'm 31 years old, I've already had a good run. Is he going to start worrying about his legacy? Like, what if I lose again? What if I lose to somebody else? Is he going to want to stop fighting if he doesn't win the fight? That's what I wonder. Because he's always been so immediately bounces back, right? As soon as he lost the the Habib fight, he was like, ah, oh, I can't wait to run it back. It's going to be great. Right. It'll be a great scrap. Is he going to keep that forever? Or is a fight like this... Because every fight he's ever, I mean, he's only lost two fights in the UFC. He lost to Nate and immediately was like obsessed with running it back. And then he lost to Habib and he hasn't had a chance to avenge that. Mm-hmm. Well, what happens if he loses to a guy that everyone's expecting him to beat? Yeah, well, in knowing, terms of him, knowing himself, MMA, they'll say he's completely washed up and that he oh, should no, retire. Oh, no, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then they'll watch him again if he fights again, <laughs> you know, like it's where we are a fair weather bunch. Um, but I don't like, I just can't, I'm not, I'm obviously not expressing this well, but I just don't think anybody will care. And I think that he knows that. And that's why he's nervous. Like he seems not nervous to fight somebody. I think just to like face the world again. Yeah. With everything that's gone on and him knowing that like he's upset people. Like the amount of PR work that is going on into rehabilitating him. You have to be conscious of reality in order to like put that into full force, you know? Yeah, a hundred percent. You I remember have to know like what all those conversations about him like wanting to like truly still be a mixed martial artist. Those happened before he sold tons of whiskey and like right. fought Floyd Mayweather and punched an old guy at the bar. <laughs> um yeah, fought an old guy at the bar and fought a bus and <laughs> no. Broke some kid's cell phone. So who knows, like, if that's still there, we'll see. It's hard to gauge the return of somebody, like, if he would have just come straight back after all this stuff had happened, that would have been one thing. But, like, he has come back kind of with his tail in between his legs. So it's like, is it just humility? Is this the only thing that you can do that you see that, like, people want you to do? You know, like, you're not going to go out and be in a bunch of movies. Yeah. I don't know... What do you think if he like tried to make a transition into the WWE or something? Do you think he'd be good at that? I don't know. Oh, no, I think he could do that for sure. I mean, obviously, he's not like a large guy and wrestling is generally like large build people. But otherwise, in terms of like a promo, he can cut a better promo than anybody wrestling right now. Yeah. So he could do that. I I, uh, I, I guess my movies, point is, but... like, I definitely don't think, I'm sure he loves to spend money, and that's obvious, right? Right. But I don't know if money is the thing that motivates him. I'm, I know it's nice, but, like, even when he makes money, it's, like, it's not, like, look at how much security I have, or look at, it's, like, look at how much better I am than you because of this thing, right? Right. He wants that validation, you know, just from an outsider looking in. And he wants people to look at him and think he's incredible and, like, shower him with attention. And that's slowly starting to fade. Like, even in Ireland, people are like, we're over this dude. Throwing out his whiskey. Yeah. Um, I mean, I have I never thought I'd see the day that I'd hear Irish fans talking poorly about him. 
never thought I'd see the day. Like I That's thought true. it was like some weird blood cult <laughs> at one point, you know, <laughs> um, and the press there as well. People, there's, there's a, there's a turn in like the attention that he gets. And I think if somebody offered him a, a opportunity to like, let's say, you can make $50 million. Like, nobody would ever see you again. Like, honestly, I don't think that would motivate him to do that thing. Yeah. He wants to be seen. That's just my opinion. Like, he gets something from being that dude. He wants to be on the cover of a magazine. He wants to be on ESPN. He wants people to look at him and think that he's a badass, yeah. you know? So, I think that's... It's hard to gauge, like, that he's coming back because he wants to be a mixed martial artist. It's, I just think it's, he just wants people to look at him again. At least Good that's point. what I, that's the feeling that I get from the thirst level on, like, social media by him now, you know? Yeah, his posting has definitely changed considerably uh, over the last few years. Like you said, before he was, like, almost this, like, um, he would just rarely do things on social media. Obviously, when he was first coming up, he was on social media a lot. But then when he reached sort of that, like, 2015 Connor, it was like, any tweet I do is, like, etched in stone. Right. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, it is written in, in fucking halls and, like, tomes <laughs> because I am so important. Yeah. So, like, everything he did was a lot different. But then, yeah, like, things have changed so much over these last few years where it's like, it, it, Connor is retweeting 79 random people that have a bottle of proper 12 in a picture. <laughs> and it's like, good God, I have to turn your retweets off because I, I'm getting fucking spammed with pictures of proper 12. Right. Like, it's, you know what I mean? So, or like, like you said, it just in general, like how he tweets now, it's so different than what it used to be. Mm -hmm. And yeah, you're right. I do think he does want that glory. He wants that attention. He wants right. to be known as the best. Yeah, when you've got hundreds of millions of dollars, I'm guessing money is not much of a motivator anymore. Right. Because you can only do so much with your money. Like, if I had you know, $300 million in the bank, what more can I possibly do for my own life personally with more money than that? Right. What can I do? There's nothing. Like, there's there's just nothing. I mean, yeah, okay, I guess I could, you know, whatever, uh, own a fucking island or some shit. Uh-huh. But hell, you could probably do that with $300 million. Oh, he could do or that. Or a big-ass yacht. like, $1 million up in Canada or something, you know? Well, there you go. Like, it's just... It wouldn't be a fancy it's island, but where... it's an island. <laughs> <laughs> hey, fuck, it's mine. But yeah, it's one of those things where I feel like you've got to... There's got to be a threshold. I think it works on both sides of this. There's a poverty threshold, and there is a, a richness threshold where it's like, what more can happen? How much worse could this possibly get? Or how much better could this possibly be? Mm -hmm. And he's clearly reached that point in terms of money. You're right. It's all about the fame. I want the whiskey to be the most popular whiskey ever. I want to be known as the greatest fighter ever. Those aren't monetary goals. Right. Those are just his goals for his own ego, his pride. So, yeah, you're right. I think that will drive him to continue to do whatever it is he is going to be doing. Mm-hmm. And the, yeah, that actually makes me change my mind a lot about even if he lost this fight, he would go right back. I want to fight him. I want to fight Habib. I want to fight Nate. I want to avenge all my losses right. and show everybody that I'm the best fighter that's ever lived. So now that's a good point. You, you really, I think, nailed sort of what motivates him more. It's definitely not the money. Yeah, I don't think so. I'm I'm saying like it doesn't hurt, right? <laughs> like. The no, money doesn't, doesn't hurt, hurt and like, but I don't think knows, that's he, all in for him. Yeah, and like he's going to get his value because that's part of the ego, right? Like mm -hmm. that's like, yeah, you're going to fucking pay me what I deserve. Now, I, I would fight for fucking pennies. I think he's even said before he would fight for free. Right. 
I'll fight for free, but let's not get it twisted. I know how much I'm worth, and you're going to fucking pay that to me because that's part of what this is. Part of me being Conor McGregor, this giant star. Right. So, yeah, I agree. But in terms of the actual money, it's fucking, it's nothing. It's, it's whatever. It's, he's... Leo DiCaprio on the boat just throwing cash at the FBI <laughs> agents. Like, he doesn't give a shit. Yeah. So, yeah, that is... that is you. I think you really nailed it. This is this has been a really interesting sort of a study of... Someone of we don't a know. A character that we've... Someone <laughs> we don't know. That granted, we do not know this man. However, this is someone we've seen in the public eye now uh, in, in, a, in a field that we are very close to for years. I mean, we, we've seen this, this story play out for years now and it is a fascinating one. And uh, yeah, I don't really know where this goes from here, but I guess we'll find out in early January. God, that, that fight seems like it's so close and a bit of a supplement to that story. They all kind of are inter- intertwined. Now Habib versus Tony is official. Mm, now that doesn't mean much in the world of MMA because Tony and Habib has been official 19 times, but it is official. <laughs> It's happening in April, I believe, which feels like forever away, doesn't it? <laughs> it'll be I here mean, in... God. Yeah, it'll be here quick. Watch. It'll be here quick, but at the moment, I'm like, man, so much can happen between now and April 18th, and it makes me worry, because <laughs> obviously this fight has been... It's been cursed. Right. I mean, it's, 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 there's no other way to put it. Someone has put a hex on this fight, and it has had so many problems over the years. It is 100% without question, the best lightweight fight probably ever. It's the two best lightweights. Two of the best lightweights of all time are going to fight each other, hopefully. And good God, do we need this fight to actually finally just be done so we can know what the outcome is. I'm a little bit worried, though, because it's in New York. And New York has been known to fuck up some cards. Yeah. So I'm really hoping we don't get some kind of weird shenanigans that ruins this thing. Because you know we're not going to get a second chance at it. It took a decade to get this fight. Right. Hopefully. <sighs> fingers crossed. Yeah, fingers crossed. I-, I can't even get excited about it yet. Are you excited about <laughs> no, it? No, I-, I literally was just about to say that. Like, if it, until it happens. Yeah. You know. Like, when I saw the announcement, literally nothing, I got nothing from it. I was like, okay, yeah, I've been hurt before. <laughs> so... You can say that all you want, but until I see it, it's not real. That's so, so funny. Heck, we've gotten to fight week several times, and this fight didn't happen. That is so, so funny. So, yeah, I'm uh, I'm not going to be buying whatever, what, what is this, U2, UFC 247 or 9 or 8, whatever it is. <laughs> I'm not buying that one until the pay-per-view starts. <laughs> because you just never know. Yeah. Oh boy. Do, do you do you ever buy pay per views early, or do you buy? I usually buy them right before the main card starts. Yeah, I just buy them right before the main card starts. Do you think that fucks with the UFC? Do you think they worry like, oh my god, nobody's bought this thing yet? Uh, no, I think they probably are used to that. I mean, they. That's true. They're they probably just think they probably see that every single event there's some consistency you know between that's a good point that's probably true how many pre buys they normally get and how many they get right at the event so they probably don't yeah, worry yeah. about that at all no that that makes sense that's actually a good point yeah so but yeah I, I never <laughs> literally sometimes it's like uh it, the cards start at 10 p.m. EST so I'm on I'm on EST so 10 p.m. It'll be like 10.01 and I'm still ordering the pay-per-view. Right. <laughs> that's, that's, that's how late I, I order it sometimes. But yeah, yeah, I, I think most people are that way too because mm-hmm. because of the volatility of MMA, you just never know. Right. You know, like there's no reason to pre-order it. It's going to be there it, or it's not going to be there. Yep. But agreed. Yeah. So we got Habib and Tony. We got Connor and Cerrone. 
uh, John Jones and Dominic Reyes is official. Ooh, that's a, ooh, yeah, that's a real fight right there. Like, that's the, I'm more, I'm as excited about that fight as I was about DC versus Jones 1. Mm-hmm. And that's the first time I can say that about a Jones fight in yeah. a hot minute. Yeah, agreed. So that's cool. Like, I'm excited. That's a cool fight. I, I I dig Dominic Reyes. His whole style is real cool. His like, uh, I don't know if you ever heard him in interviews, but he's super chill. Mm. And he doesn't seem like he really likes to talk a lot of trash. And, uh, you know, he's confident, obviously. So if you ask him, like, you know, are you going to beat them? He's going to say yes. But he's like not going out of his way to, like, take shots at people and stuff. At right. least that I've seen. I could be totally wrong. Maybe he's doing it every day. <laughs> but I don't think I even follow him on Twitter. But, like, the interviews I've heard, like, I've heard a couple interviews in the last, since that announcement. And I'm like, this guy's pretty cool. Mm. And the one thing I'll say about him, and I'm not saying this, you know, determines the outcome of a fight, because obviously there it doesn't, like there's a million factors, but he might be the first guy I've heard in a long time that is either so calm, he doesn't realize that he's about to fight the best fighter ever, <laughs> or he's just like naive about what can happen, what what can go wrong, because he's only 12 and 0. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a really early career. 12 and 0, that's like, you're, you're baby steps. Most guys don't even get to the UFC before 12 fights. Right. You're going to fight the best fighter ever. But like, part of that, I think, could be to your benefit. Because the, the, the example I would give is Chris Weidman. That's the, that's the vibe I got from Weidman when he fought Anderson Silva the first time. Mm-hmm. Because it was like, everybody that fights Anderson Silva, even Daniel Cormier, who fought him like way after his prime, Cormier was like, there was a moment when I was in there and I was like, oh my God, I'm fighting Anderson Silva. And it kind of freaks you out. This guy is like a fucking magician. Right. And like he would psych people out all the time in his fights. He would just fucking lay against the cage and people would, they would freeze up. They would have no idea what to do. And I remember when I watched that Weidman fight, I was like, this dude, I don't even know who this guy is. I knew he, I I saw one of his fights, I think, uh, when he beat Mark Munoz. Mm -hmm. But I was like, this guy doesn't seem to give a shit. About what Anderson's doing. He's not, he didn't seem to be buying into it. And I think that was partly why he won that fight. Hmm. And I get that same vibe from Reyes. I'm not saying he's going to do it, but I'm just saying, guys, if something happens, you, you heard it here first. <laughs> you heard it here first. Well, what are your thoughts on that fight? Ooh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if he, I just don't know anybody that's going to beat John Jones right now. No, for sure. I, I just can't see it. Unless he literally just takes a dive and says like mid fight, I just don't give a shit about this anymore. You know what I mean? <laughs> he does. Oh my God. He fucking, lo- his Twitter cracks me up. Like it is just this like, <laughs> I don't even know what. That guy's ego is something different. Like, I've never seen, I've never seen that. I'm, I mean, obviously there's pros and cons to that, but like, I've never seen somebody that has the ego of John Jones. Yeah. Ever. On the one <laughs> hand, it's like, I, it's like, he's so good that you, yeah, he's the best he, fighter ever. he, he, it's like, if you're going to give it to anybody to just do the chael talk, then it should be him. Right? Like, oh, backing yeah. up all the, the, the talk. Um, but yeah, it's, I just think it's funny that he needs to, the world to know it, you know? The, yeah. The, the back no, and forth is. that he gets into with other people on there is just too much. It really is. Like, that's what I mean. You would think this guy is just like, I know I am a fucking god. Right. But he has to constantly remind everyone. Yeah, <laughs> FYI. Like, bro. In case, I see why am I. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, come on, dude. Come on. Yeah, I, I totally agree. But it's, 
part of, I guess, just the John Jones character. Yeah. But yeah, um, most definitely. So yeah, there, there's a lot of big fights. 2020 is stacked up already. I'm really excited uh, to see how all this stuff plays out. And of course, we're going to talk about all of it as it plays out. But until then, let's talk about recommendations, shall okay. we? Oh my I god. I could not Go do ahead. Watchmen justice. You, you need to, to, to talk about Watchmen because I, I'm still not fully through it, and you, I feel like, have a better grasp on the entire show at this point. Um, okay, so basically, the the adaptation of Watchmen on HBO has to be some of the most incredible television I've ever seen. Um, I have to be honest, like, I saw the first episode, and I had this vibe from it that I was like, okay, like, I... I'm down with this. Like, this show has an energy to it, right? Even though, like, most of this guy's scripts, like... There was a little bit too much mystery. You're like, what is going on? Like, I need uh, more right. backstory, you know? Like, it's such a slow build for Lindel. I always say his last name all messed up. Lind- Lindloft? Lindloft. Yeah. I was going to say Lindloft. But it works. Like, it works. The build, by the time I got to last week's episode, this past Sunday's episode, which is one before the finale. So the finale is this Sunday. My mind was right. so thoroughly blown. Like, I can't even tell you. Like, you're like, it's so good. It's so good. And I'm like, you haven't even gotten to the good episodes yet. Yeah, it's true. It's That's so, so true. crazy, like, how good this freaking show is. The way that they're able to make this story about justice, but about, like, history, about, like, the generational damage that racism does for both sides of the issue, right? Yeah. <laughs> both sides of the issue. Like, people that are racist and people that have to deal with the, the with racism. Right, right. Um I I don't know, man, like that takes talent to be able to weave a story like that. Uh and show like how over time through generations like how destructive it is, you know? Um Yeah. And it really nails it. I mean, there's a lot of people that are triggered by that show. They're like they're going ham on their keyboards about how like SJW it is and like I, I don't know. I don't know what the hell show they're watching that they're so bothered by this show, but... I feel like it's a show... It's going to be one of those things that is probably too controversial at the moment because everything is so ridiculous right now. But, like, ten years from now, people are going to be like, holy shit, that was a great show. Yeah, but it's just like... It's, to me, it's just like, why can't a show be about a subject without people getting upset that the subject is brought up? Right. Just to, to be able to not talk about it seems a bit silly. It's really strange. I was really surprised by the reaction that most people had to this show. Maybe I'm misunderstanding something, but um, it's so beautifully written. There's an episode. Have you gotten to... I'm just going to say the black and white episode. Have you gotten to that episode yet? No. Jesus Christ. When you watch this thing, the whole story is going to be tied together, and it is going to blow your damn mind. Like... It is so beautiful the way that they told this backstory and the origin stories on so many of the characters. Um, you're going to love it. And then the bombs that were dropped, the character reveals on the last episode, obviously, like, I recommended it before, but like, you got to watch Watchmen. <laughs> it is so damn good. Um, yeah. What do you think so far about it? Well, and the thing is, we're coming at it from different places because, you know, like, I, I'm obsessed with the book. I've read the book 500 million times. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I'm seeing it from, like, that perspective. Um, and from that perspective, it, it has so much, like, subtext from the original mm -hmm. that it's so cool. Like, I, 
I didn't really care for the Zack Snyder movie. I mean, it was okay. It was almost like a direct adaptation. They ruined the ending. But yeah, I, I was crazy about the movie. Yeah, it, it, it was whatever. But like, this to me is spiritually what a, if you were going to do a Watchmen sequel, which Alan Moore would never do, uh, I feel like if you this were is, going he to, would feel most proud of this one. Yeah, yeah. And, and he hates everything that is done with his IPs. Like, he won't even watch it. Uh-huh. But I do feel like if, if he didn't feel that way about this particular thing, he would say you guys did it justice in terms of the tone, like what, what's going on in it. Uh, it's, it's definitely, I feel like they're really nailing it. And yeah, I, I've been blown away by it. it. It's, um, it's really well done. And it's already taken me a, a couple places where I'm like, wow, I didn't see that coming. Right. And it kind of already like reframes its narrative to a point where you're like, holy shit. And yeah, you're right. Like it is, it is talking about these things, but that's, that's what Watchmen, the, the book did too. Right. That was the point of the book. That's you know, what it surprised had a point. me the most about the comments. It's like, do you not realize it's like those people that get mad that like um a game is about killing nazis and it's like did you play any other games of these games like this series right. yeah like, the know. wolfenstein yeah, series like, what, yeah it what is are you it's not one of those things where right well it, again like that's what i it's that's why i feel like in a couple years when this when will the, the climate has cooled both yeah, literally and figuratively. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when things have chilled, people will look back and be like, this was really good. Right. It's just that they're so, everybody's so blinded by all this bullshit right now that uh, there's so many people that just, they can't even, like you said, like they see it and they just freak out. They can't yeah. do it. Maybe but you're right. It is a good. It is. It's. It's good art. It's. It's. I think they're doing a fantastic job. I'm really into it. I'm excited to see where it goes. And yeah, so far. Really, really well done, and uh, I would highly recommend giving it a shot. I love so, that you said that. Yeah, it's my, good it's art. It's a dual recommendation. I love that you said that it's good art. It is. It's it's uh, it's fantastic. I mean, they're all doing such a great job. Everybody that's involved, the the actors, the, the cinematographers, the, the the costume design, the writers. It's just uh, even the shots, because that's one of the biggest things about Watchmen that's almost impossible to adapt to screen is sort of just the uh, incredible use of panels and page that was done in that book. Right. But what you can do in film, they are trying to do to sort of replicate the spirit of that. Mm -hmm. And it, it's just, yeah, it, it's it's honestly fantastic. I, I really would highly recommend it. So. so glad you like it. Thank you. Yeah, I can't wait to see the rest of it. I have one more recommendation. Oh, please do. Yes. I'm going to recommend a show on Apple Plus, Apple TV, <laughs> Apple Plus, Jesus Christ. It's been a long week um, <laughs> on Apple TV that I think you're going to really like. It's called The Servant. It's an M. Night Shal Shalaman Shyamalan. What? <laughs> Shyamalan. I believe it's okay. Shyamalan. Yeah. Uh, this is what happens when I sleep two hours a, a day because I'm trying to like get the <laughs> maximum amount of work done. I'm like... On the verge of death, because I need sleep. And I'm like, no. stay up, you weak little bitch. Like, get your work done, you know? <laughs> How are you going to be great if you don't work? Um, yeah, it's called The Servant. And I really think you're going to like this show. I'll just give you the, like, first episode 
because uh, three episodes are up. Another episode comes out today at nine at night. Oh, wow. um, so they come out every week once they upload the first three. That's what Apple TV seems to be doing. They give you three to binge and then they release every week after that. Um, in the first episode, this nanny gets hired by this rich, like, New York family, a husband and wife. Yeah. And to watch their baby. And when she gets there, you realize like halfway in the episode that the baby isn't real. It's one of those born alive, born again dolls. Oh shit. Cause like the lady lost her baby. And so like it's a therapist tool that like doctors give to women in real life to like help them wrap their heads around the fact that their babies are dead. Cause some women think like my baby's still alive. So the nanny looks into the crib and realizes it's a doll that she's been hired to watch. And the husband is like, obviously like we need to talk about this. And he's like, look, you're going to get paid your 900 bucks a month plus free room and board, like until however long we need to like keep this sham going for my wife, you know? Whoa. And all I'll say is this, by the end of the first episode, the baby's back. Oh shit. The real baby. So, and you know, what's great about this show? Like it's, it's like a horror series, obviously. It's uh-huh. very slow burn. Like, there's this simmering tension. The whole time you feel uncomfortable, like physically uncomfortable. From the way that they filmed it to the way that they, like, the dialogue. But the thing that is the scariest is how this, which is just, this is where, like, story transcends into art, right? The scariest things so far to me that it it took me like a couple episodes to realize, but like how normal their lives are as like this elite New York couple. Actually, it might be right. Chicago, but um, same difference, right? Like the way they talk about wine, the way they talk about their home, the way they talk about their work, how normal that is for them. But like when you strip it down, it's insane. I don't know how to describe it. Like. Like, it's normal for, like, the woman to be like, let me go buy a $5,000 pair of shoes, right? But, like, when you strip that down, the way that they interact with each other and with others, it's so normal to them that they don't realize, like, as us, the viewer, looking at the show, that that is actually the scariest part, not the fact that there's, like, a baby that was born again. Oh, my God. That's so good. Right? And, like, as I'm watching this show, I'm like, what is it that is so unsettling about this to me? And then it starts to, like, it started to really hit me, you know? Like, these people are legitimate psychopaths, but they don't realize it because it's so normal to be these money-hungry, image-obsessed, like, you know what I mean? That's the true horror in the episodes. I don't know. To me. That's awesome. So... Definitely would recommend it. It's called The Servant, and the fourth episode will be on tonight on Apple TV. Oh my god, sign me up. Yeah, that sounds fucking fantastic. I love a good horror show. Like right? that sounds that sounds really good. The best horror is the horror that just turns the mirror on on ourselves. Exactly. Um, oh, you phrased it so perfectly. That's what I should well, have said. Thank you. Yep. Oh, all right guys uh that's the show thank you so much for tuning in we're on soundcloud we're on itunes we'll be back again next week talk about whatever's going on in mixed martial arts uh go check out rear naked cloaks go check out noober goobers uh we got all kinds of great content there and some awesome gear uh in the ladder and yeah we'll see you guys again next week thank you so much for tuning in naya pew pew there it is